What do you get your spouse? What do you get your coworker? What about your pets? This week, it's all about holiday gifting. Should you or shouldn't you on the Veterinary Viewfinder? Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And viewfinders, if you're like me, this is a particularly tough time of year when you're deciding what to give people as gifts. I mean, this is an area I'm deficient in. I don't know what to get my wife, my daughters, my pets. So this week, we're going to share with you some of our favorite gifts, our ideas around gifting in general. And before we get into all of that, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. Becky, it's almost Christmas. I don't have a list. I haven't checked it once, much less twice. Please help me. <laughs> As any good technician would, I'm here to save you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right. I mean, it, it, it's we're getting down to the wire and Christmas is almost here. We talked last week about Christmas parties in the clinic and, um, you know, do you and don't you and are you going or aren't you going? But let's like drill it down a little bit more this week with some of our favorite things. What are we buying our pets? What are we buying our people? And how do we help you figure out what to buy the people in your life? And Becky, I guess one more time, let's just revisit. I mean, you and I have some opinions and experiences around gifting. We've seen it sort of go a little sideways and maybe have some bruised egos and feelings. And, and you know, so I, I would like to hear viewfinders share with us your, you know, your experiences on, on our Facebook or Instagram. You know, Becky, is gifting in the office a good idea? I don't, I, you know, I go back and forth on this, right? Like, I don't, I'm not into like suppression, right? You, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, you, you have friendships within the clinic, you know, there are traditions within the clinics. You do want to make it festive and fun, but I think that, you know, in my experience, I have to say, I know I have worked with people who, you know, for example, if the holiday party includes gift giving or a secret Santa or white elephant, you know, they don't go because they don't have that extra $20 right. to spend or, or they choose not to spend that extra $20 in the on a clinic gift as opposed to, you know, their, their family or their child. So it does make things a little bit more complicated. But I, I mean... There's, I think, always going to be some level of it within the clinic. So it's it's kind of deciding what works best within within your culture. Yeah. So viewfinders, I would encourage you to have this conversation with your management, with your owners. If your team is feeling uncomfortable, if you've had some issues in the past, this is a really good time to revisit. We know that this might be a little late for many of us out there, but if you're like me and haven't purchased the first card or gift, so you know, there's time yet. So Becky, let's talk. You know, there's a lot of 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 list out there of the top you know presents for pets and the top gifts for coworkers but let's start with what is your favorite like go to type of thing for your special coworker if you are in a situation where you you know feel like you you want to give somebody a gift yeah i well i have to say and it it's not very personal but gift cards right, right. there's just something really great about getting a gift card because a lot of times you're going to use this to get exactly that thing that you've wanted. I think the downside for gift cards is um, a lot of times people will end up using it on things they need and not things they want. And sometimes we want to, you know, spoil ourselves at the holidays. So I love the versatility of a gift card. But sometimes I think if I can drill it down to something that that person would really enjoy, maybe a pedicure or a um, favorite store that they have, I can make sure that they're going to actually use it on an experience rather than maybe a bill or um, groceries. But 
And again, I've worked with a lot of people who really need those things. And so sometimes it's hard to choose between supporting what we need and supporting what we want. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, that's a really good point. And, and we are trying to spoil our friends and family. You know, you're trying to give them that little luxury. So I like the pivot there. If you're going to do a gift card, say, well, what about for a mani-pedi or whatever, right? And that was me trying to sound like I was hip with the whole mani-pedi thing. You nailed thing. it. Uh, nailed but it. regardless, I will say our default, and, and this was is coming straight out of Laura's playbook, was to give things like shoes. Her favorite gift for our entire team every Christmas were really nice shoes, whether it was clogs or, you know, or shoes, tennis shoe type things to, to wear. She always felt like it was one of those things that, you know, you need and you're often not able or willing to splurge on that super nice pair of dance goes, you know, that are 150 or 200 bucks. And this was a, a way to splurge, give them something utility. I, I will say that certainly people have questioned that, said, oh, you're just like, giving them work stuff. But, you know, the reality is we're trying to make their work as as enjoyable as possible. So, you know, again, I would just sit back, really reflect on, is gifting the right move for your team? If so, what are the boundaries? How do we clearly establish what is acceptable and what is maybe a little out of bounds? And then really adhere to those boundaries. Because, you know, Becky, one of the things that we always ran into trouble with was we would put a limit. You'd say, oh, you know, white elephant, no, no more than 20 bucks. And people would exceed that. Have you had that experience? Of course, right? Because it's really hard to buy anything for $20 that you feel proud of, right? Honestly, I, I feel like I was at, um, you know, like TJ Maxx or whatever the other day, and even those like tins of popcorn are like $10, right, right? right? And I'd like to buy you something not made of cardboard and fake cheese. So, you know, $20 limit is important because $20 is not a small amount of money. But in this day and age, it's really hard to buy something for someone that is less than $20 that you feel proud about um, that maybe isn't a gift card that gets the dollar amount stuck right on it. So it can be really frustrating for sure. You know, and then you compound it with the fact that most people in the veterinary industry don't have tons of times on their hand to be shopping. So we don't maybe necessarily get the opportunity to hit all the best sales and deals. And a lot of times it might be last minute shopping. We may end up getting, um, you know, a little taken advantage of in, in that sense. So when we set these dollar limits, um, I, I find them to be guidelines, but very rarely adhered to. For me, I kind of like to steer people toward homemade gifts or, um, you know, cookie tray exchange or something along the lines of um, time, effort, and some some elbow grease, and maybe not quite so much um, in buying a gift that's maybe measured against other things. For me, I'm about acts of service and um, experiences. Wow, I love that. Yes, imbue it with your own personality. Make it something special and unique. I love that. Well, let's turn to my other favorite topic, and that is how inadequate I feel after scrolling my Instagram this time of year. I am constantly assaulted by images of people who are doing amazing things, traveling to exotic locations, and I'm working here in, uh, behind a computer right now at a small desk, which you probably are too, Becky. And uh, so how do we deal with that pressure, that social pressure, when we see these people gifting extraordinary gifts, you know, lavishing their pets with, with amazing things, which I want to talk about in just a couple of minutes. How do we overcome that, that I guess, that sort of sense of guilt some, that I feel at least? Yeah, I think, you know, we talked last week about, um, you know, holiday parties and, and the holiday stress. And, you know, we, we I said this is the time of year we tend to get stressed out and broke and frustrated. And that's not what this year is about. So I think it is a really good practice in this day and age of social media for so many different reasons to 
um, kind of take out the measuring sticks. We cannot measure ourselves against everyone else around us. And social media, I feel like, just sets us up for that. And it's a natural tendency for us to do that. And it takes an act of conscious mindfulness to stop measuring against other people. Um, I'm very excited for my friends who this time of year are more prepared or are maybe ready. And I, I think to myself, well, maybe they don't have quite as flexible of a work schedule as I have and they had to get it taken care of or, um, you know, they've got kids and so it, it they have more of a time crunch and maybe some people enjoy that last minute rush as opposed to the people who feel really comfortable that they um, were able to get things done at the beginning of December and able to just focus through the holidays. Remember that whatever is going on with you, uh, they've got something going on too and while it may look like they're fully prepared, I, no one in, no one is doing as good as they look on social media. Um, no one. <laughs> so it's not about figuring out why they're doing so great and you're not. It's about enjoying what they have to share because it means that they're proud of it and um, finding the things that you are proud of and, and really just focusing on that. It, it sounds so like hippy dippy, I know, and easy, but like it's really important and it's important for our own like mental health this time of year and in general with, with the way social media sets us up. Wow, that's some great advice. Well, let's turn to our pets, Becky. Let's start there. Let's Gifts for our pets. So, yes. um, you know, for me, I I indulge my two terriers in bedding because they are terriers, which means that, you know, they work very, very hard. They yes. must guard our house and yard, but Always. they also need to restore and rest. So when they rest, I want them to be as comfortable as possible. So some of the things that are out there, there's a lot of cool tempur types of beds. There's a lot of beds that have heating elements and things like that. Uh, but for me, I like lavishing my two terriers with bedding. What about you? What are some of your favorite dog gifts? We'll start there. Oh, dear. Okay. So unfortunately, my dogs don't get gifted as much as my cats only because <laughs> my dogs get gifted all year long. And then for some reason, like my cats get that like, you know, uh, Cyber Monday hit the chew <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> right. sales and really spoil them a lot. So um, but I'm with you. So for for dogs, um, I'm definitely all about puzzle toys and feeder yes. toys. And uh, again, these the Cyber Monday after holiday, this type of year sale time is my favorite time to Stock up on all the things that I know that they need that they use all year long. So with my dogs, it's going to be those um, indestructible things. If you if you, if you you know me at all, you know I love Planet Dogs Snoop yeah. toy, which is um, one of the best interactor fe interactive feeders I have ever used. Um, Planet Dog was acquired by Outward Hound over the last, I think, last year. Um, so it's now an Outward Hound product. But... Uh, Planet Dog I I toys I find are incredibly durable. They hold up to my pit bull's toughest tests, and um, she interacts with the Snoop, um, you know, even when there's not food in it, which I really, really love. And then, you know, her favorite ball, her silver ball. If you follow me on Instagram, you, you know about this silver ball. <laughs> it is her favorite, and she's had this ball. I guess probably about five years now. And so if you know anything about Pitbull chewing, that is a miracle, a Christmas miracle a Christmas in itself. Miracle. So, um. <laughs> When I'm buying stuff for my dogs, I look to Outward Hound, Planet Dog, and um, I buy things that I know they will love and will keep their brains busy so that mom doesn't 
lose as many shoes this year. <laughs> and viewfinders, just to be clear, this in no way is a sponsored podcast. None of these companies that we are referencing in any way have a relationship with us. So I wish just... it was a sponsor. <laughs> Planet Dog, send me all your toys. Because, but no, truly, this is a hundred percent experience based. This is a hundred percent out of just true. I adore this company and the product that they have given my dog that makes her so happy and keeps her so busy. That's right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you also, in addition to all the toys, and I'm like you, I believe you need to have a variety of puzzle feeders, uh, interactive feeding devices, because I think that dogs, number one, they master a certain pattern or, or device, and you really want to keep them mixed up. So this year, as you mentioned, we also found a really good sell on Cyber Monday, and we are they under the tree right now are two new puzzle feeders. Um, the other thing that we like to give our two dogs, um, Becky, because they're smallish breeds, are coats. You know, we like for them to have yes. little sweaters and things. And I'm not like a frou-frou sweatery guy, but I also know that when it gets cold here, or if we go travel to the mountains of North Carolina, I want them to have a little extra layers. What's amazing to me is this went from a novelty, like a very rare or humorous product 25 years ago, 30 years ago, when I first became a veterinarian. And today, the assortment of choices and materials and utilities, wow, it's staggering. I mean, this is a big, big business now. Yeah, and, and they are actually practical, right? So we think about our city friends. Um, you know, I have a, a good technician friend of mine, Angela Elia, who I do another podcast with, lives in New York City. And I have learned so much about just being a person in New York City, um, being friends with her, let alone being a technician and thinking about pet life, right? And so um, doggy rain jackets and um, booties because they have to walk on cement and pavement and um, this is some real deal life stuff going on for folks in the city who are adapting kitty condos that hang out of the windows, right? Like there are some amazing inventions coming out up there for, for like you said, utility to keep these pets with a better quality of life in the environment that they're in. Um, and so I have learned so much about, um, sort of like city life and what's available for pets to keep them comfortable and engaged and interactive and, um, healthy and happy wherever they're living. So we're the same way. As you know, I've got two Chihuahuas. So my Chihuahua Dachshunds, they get quite cold. I have one that gets cold. The other is like part husky. I'm getting her <laughs> DNA checked. Um, you know, and she loves to be outside. She's never cold. But for this, you're absolutely right. For the same reason, we do have clothes. And I will say um, a couple weeks ago when we went Christmas tree shopping, we brought my soulmate dog, um, who is a pit bull mix, and she looks pretty pit bull mix. She's not super intimidating, but the breed has a bit of a, um, I don't know if you've heard, but yeah. some people are a little biased. <laughs> and we put her reindeer sweater on her when she goes out in public um, this time of year, and she looks a lot less intimidating, and she looks um, a little bit more approachable, which can be good or bad, but you just cannot be afraid of a pit bull with a reindeer sweater on him. <laughs> so I also find that the clothes can kind of bring some social element as well, that people interact a little bit more. She made a lot of friends at the, the Christmas tree farm, and it was a great socialization experience for everybody. I love that. I love that. Now, Becky, obviously your kitty cat is a, your cats are a major part of your gifting celebrations of the holiday. So tell us a little bit about what's under the tree for your feline friends. Kind of, well, so it comes down to like a, if you can't beat them, join them type thing, right? Because your cats are going to open the presents under the tree. They're going to own whatever they want in the house as it is. And so we might as well make sure we have stuff for them. And like I already said, I don't know why, but I, I don't buy my cat stuff all year long as much. I guess maybe they don't destroy it as much as my dogs, but they tend to get more Christmas presents. So this year, um, I hope they don't listen to the episode before Christmas. They're getting, um, as you already mentioned, 
beds and heated beds. So they are getting heated kitty window hammocks this year. Nice. I know. I'm so, they love their heated. They have a heated mat right now. So um, if you if you don't already have one of these for your cat or your senior dog, I really do. Um, there, you know, obviously we know that heat therapy can be really great for these older guys. Kitties love them. And these are um, beds that will warm up actually once the kitty lays on them. So they don't just sit and get hot all the time and they get warm, not hot. So they are regulated. And so these will mount up on the windows where they're able to look out the window and enjoy the scenery and, and get and stay warm. The other thing that they're getting um, this year, which I absolutely adore is the Doc and Phoebe feeder mice. Do yes, you, do yes. you, are you a, a big fan of the feeder mice or what? Absolutely. Great, great, great invention. The best way to go. Right. Yes. So brand new feeder mice for my kitties this year too. Well, I'll tell you, yes, all those things you mentioned, I've got to check out this heated hammock for my cat because that's super, super cool. Uh, The thing that Laura wants to get uh, Biddy this year are one of those uh, fountains, uh, drink wells or whatever. Um, Biddy, so we we have always, well, always, you know, for the past 20 years, drunk alkalinized water for our family. And so Biddy really likes that dispenser. And so she actually taught herself at an early age how to turn it on, which of course is is quite uh, annoying because she just turns on the water in the sink whenever she wants. And so uh, this year, I think Laura is finally convinced that it'll work on our counter. It won't be like an eyesore that really looked good. So that's that's what Laura, I think, has ordered Biddy. Don't tell her if you see her out there, viewfinders. Um, two years ago, we got her the Bolt. Uh, the Bolt is that interactive laser toy. Uh, and look, that's, that's a really good toy. I, it's a solid toy. The problem with Biddy and Bolt was that she kind of, I don't know, got tired of it or just the the love was lost. I don't know. but She um, realized she's never actually going to catch the dot. <laughs> right. And I think that's the other thing, too, that, you know, I, I hear this a lot. And I'd love to hear what you guys uh, have, have to, heard about this as well. But I'll get these uh, clients and they'll ask me something about, you know, like a bolt. Oh, I love that. And then they'll instantly come back like a month later and say, yeah, my cat hated that. Right. And so, you know, A, I don't think all these products fit every pet personality, but B, they're just like us. Their interests and amusements wax and wane. Um, Probably if we pulled out the bolt today, she might find a renewed interest in it, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, you have to also sort of when you buy these gifts, don't expect it's a forever gift. And I think that's where a lot of frustration begins. Sure. I think cats in general are are really tough to buy for just because they do have varying tastes. So I know when I buy cat toys, I tend to buy like three or four at a time because they can be really particular and they do have changing tastes and whether they want the crinkly kind or they want soft toys or they want rubbery toys or they want to play with fishing pole toys. One thing in general I do recommend for holiday gift giving um, for pets, whether it's your pets or someone else's, is definitely these interactive toys that have some initiation of play on their own. It's one of the best things I think we can do uh, to help our clients as well is to have a few of these toys we really do love that we have used and have experience with and help them to uh, engage their pet throughout the day when they're not home so that they can keep their brains busy. So between interactive feeders, things like the Doc and Phoebe mice, we can keep our our pets mealtime fun and then with things like interactive laser pointers they also now have these really fun play mats where the mouse scoots around on them right if you have a couple of these interactive toys your cats and your dogs can kind of switch on and off what they're playing with and um you know can keep their amusement up but also can be playing 
and engage while you're not home or you're not engaging. And we get a lot less bad behavior. A lot less bad behavior leads to a lot less surrendered pets. And, and we know that that's a problem this time of year. So I think it's a great responsibility of us in the vet industry to um, – to have some of these that we know and love, and it is a great responsibility of those that love us to buy them for us so that we can have these toys that we know and love. Right. Well, and I'll tell you on, on that uh, thought, Becky, two of my cat's favorite gifts of all time, number one, I think they're called toy towers, but they're like little towers uh, that sort of uh, get narrower towards the top and they have balls inside them. Have you ever seen those where they like bat the balls around? Yeah. Sort of like the flat ones, but this one is up and it's got like four levels. Yeah. And so she still loves that. Like that's a thing that we see her interact with, you know, quite frequently. Uh, the second thing is it's a little grass garden. It's just a little square yeah. You know, wooden cube and you just put seeds in it and it grows grass. Um, and I know that a lot of people push back on things like, oh, well, they eat it and they vomit. Well, Okay, that is true, and Biddy does do that occasionally from time to time. But the reality is, I think there is a natural instinct of cats to eat, you know, green grasses, and so or in in general foliage. And so, you know, I, I do like those kind of things. So I don't know. Am I off my rocker about the little garden things? No, I love it. I think they're great. Um, it, in fact, it, speaking previously of Angela, she grows her own catnip. So I think catnip is also a really fun thing to grow. You can grow your own, makes it really inexpensive. And apparently there's a huge variety in the strains of catnip. Having these types of plants and grasses around your house, I mean, I think anybody who has a cat can say, if you put flowers or plants out, your cat's going to chew on them. So they they have that natural instinct. They do want to engage with that kind of foliage and plant material. So I think cat grass is um, great. It's inexpensive. You, you usually can find it at the checkout lane at any pet store. Um, and, and homemade catnip, I think is also kind of a really fun, um, for the gardener and the green thumb in your life who also happens to have a cat. Yeah. I love that. I love that. One of the things I don't like, I don't like, and look, I'm sorry, this is just my own, you know, I'm the pet obesity guy, Becky. Um, but I don't like these remote treat dispensers, especially for dogs. I think it probably can encourage some bad habits in general and, and, feeling of guilt, like I've got to give my dog now a treat every hour. I wish is... you could see the guilty look on my face right now. <laughs> For how much, it's all I want in the world is to shoot treats at my dog all day long. I want to see her come back and stare at the furbo and tell me how much she loves me and misses me and please shoot another treat at her. But you are <laughs> absolutely right. It is a setup for failure. I want to be set up for failure in that kind of way. <laughs> I love that. But I yes, as, as a, a veterinarian who uh, has spent his life dedicated to combating pet obesity, <laughs> yeah, I, it still bugs me when they do that. Don't yeah. take it personal. I can take it out of her daily meal allotment, but I absolutely want to be able to see my pet all day and engage with her. And I love it from the human-animal bond aspect, right? I love the idea of, of people being able to look in on their pets, be thinking about their pets, be engaging with their pets all day long. Um, I think you're absolutely right. It's a big setup for, for obesity <laughs> and, a, and possibly some food aggression. Um, you know, right. I, I'm not 100% sure it would work in my house. But I am the person who looks at my security camera 10 times a day just to see my dogs any time that I'm not home. So yeah. I totally get the draw to these, and I'm I'm not going to lie. I want one. Hey, viewfinders, I want to hear if you've had this experience. Uh, so several, when this stuff started popping up, you can imagine I got flooded with questions, comments about these types of products, these pet treat remote dispensing devices. I, I had a lady share with me via email a story. She has two dogs in her house, and 
as Becky alluded to, food aggression became a real problem. You know, I call them the, the pet bowl bullies. And yeah. um, this dog, the one more dominant of the two dogs at this household, actually began to just camp out in front of the dispensing device yeah. and wouldn't even let the other dog near it. Right? Yeah, it, guarding would be the issue in my house too, 100%. Yeah. So again, great intention. I think we just need to evolve that idea a little better. We really need, a, you know, I'm with you. I like checking in. I like communicating vocally. It's just the treat dispensing that, that bugs me. Well, I agree. And, you know, one other thing I think is really important to consider um, just in general, be, when we're, we're thinking about our coworkers, we're thinking our, about our employers, we're thinking about our friends, um, you know, we do have a tendency to to buy the things that we know um, people will love. So we all have pets and love our pets. And so these types of gifts can be natural. But, um, you know, in, in conversation with a good friend of mine really recently, I was kind of reminded about how much we tend to um, encircle ourselves in the veterinary industry. And often we don't have a, a strong friendship circle outside of that. And so I think it is a really good thing to remember to make sure you are um, having experiences outside of work and outside the veterinary industry and with people outside of the veterinary industry um, to continue that. And so um, when you are thinking about holiday gift giving for people in your life, maybe think about ho hobbies that they have or things that they would like to do, maybe outside of their pets, maybe outside of the veterinary hospital um, to kind of help encourage that. So if you know someone who's maybe wanted to take a cooking class or they love to cook or maybe they love to sew, um, hone in on their hobbies and the things that people are doing for their own self-care and to fill their own cup and to try to help facilitate that because I think that that's a really important thing to help um, support and elevate outside um, for our friends and our coworkers is is that outside life of the clinic. Viewfinders, that is the best advice you will hear on any podcast anywhere in the world regarding gifting coworkers. <laughs> I love that, Becky. Well, Becky, as we sort of wrap up today's conversation, because we do have to finish our holiday shopping, our I've got shopping to start. And wrapping, um, yeah. <laughs> what you is it that you're looking me. for? Like, uh, you know, I, I know you announced some cool stuff on your social media recently, but what are you? What are your gifts to yourself, or what do you want? What are you giving your husband, Timmy? I mean, what what's going on in your life? Yeah. Oh, so cool. Right. On my social media, we will be celebrating 10 years of our, our wedding anniversary um, in 2020 is our 10 year. Congratulations. So um, starting Christmas Day, Christmas Day is actually the 10 month countdown to our 10 year anniversary. So we're going to celebrate our anniversary every month for the next 10 months, starting with Christmas to the countdown to our wedding anniversary um, with something on our, our bucket list. So Kickoff is on Christmas for us, and then we will be um, headed in January. What we bought ourselves was a trip to go skiing out in Gatlinburg, yes. Tennessee. I've actually never been skiing. He's never <laughs> been ice skating. So I think we we um, upped our insurance for January 1. <laughs> uh, we're feeling really ready. And so we're going to go to Gatlinburg and knock out a bucket, bucket list item. Um, for his Christmas present, he is actually getting one of those ancestry DNA yes. um, kind of get to know yourself better type kits. Yep. I love that. I love that. Speaking we just actually re-upped our 23andMe. So they've got a new chip, some new technology, some cool stuff happening there. So, wow, I love that. Uh, yeah. Now, what about for you, though? Is, is this the 10 months of 10 years? Is this like the gift to Becky? 
<laughs> oh my gosh. No, no, no. This is a gift to us. This is, this is like, right. The focus on your marriage and doing the things that you, so in 10 years, we've identified 10 things we've wanted to do over 10 years that we have never done that we have really actually talked about for that long. And that was sort of what motivated it. And again, that's why I think I'm harping a little bit on experiences and hobbies and things outside because for most of our relationship, we both have been working really hard. We've both been in school. And so frequently at Christmas, we end up buying things that we really need to um, patch up our life <laughs> in between and spend a little money we otherwise wouldn't. We're just kind of getting to a point now where we're able to really focus on the things that we want and having more experiences and making more memories. And um, so that's really what it's about for us this year. For me, I don't know what I'm getting, but I did I did get told not to open some upcoming boxes on the porch. So, um, but I actually so so I love to cook and um, I love to kayak and we also do a lot of um, you know weightlifting in the house. We have a gym, so I'm I'm kind of expecting um, gifts maybe around those things, but I'm ready to be surprised. Nice. Well, like you, Becky, we we tend to at this stage in life in particular, pack those gifts into like experiences. And so um, you're, you're right. I think it's creating those memories. So for our kids, which are now all have left, flown the nest, so to speak, um, you know, we're, we're now packing it into those trips, those memorable, uh, you know, events that we can do. Tuition. The gift that like Laura... wrap up their tuition. That's right. I'm paying for tuition. <laughs> that's true. Although these kids did great. Uh, so we're, we're super proud. But um, so Laura and I gave ourselves a gift this year. We are going to something we've never actually done, and that is go to a surf camp. So we're going to go uh, with, um, in fact, I mentioned, uh, you know, we have our friends here that own a surf shop on the island. And so we're going with a couple of other couples uh, who all surf. And you go and hang out with pros for a week. They videotape your sessions. I mean, it should be super cool experience. So again, like you, you know, instead of like giving a lot of stuff, um, you know, although I did get Laura a new surfboard and she got me one, but they're not here yet. So anyway. <laughs> Does she know she got you one? <laughs> yes, yes. She, oh. she knows she got me one because <laughs> I actually made the order and I said, this is what you're getting me for Christmas. And then as soon as I showed her the board that I wanted, um, then she, of course, showed me the board that she wanted. So, But again, it's experiences, and, and we're really That's fortunate right. as a couple, like you and Timmy kayaking and so forth. You know what? If I can invest a little bit of money in something that's the, the, the device that brings us together and allows us to share time together, you know, outside of the hurly-burly family and work life, um, yeah. I th and I think, viewfinders, I'd love to hear what you think about this. You know, should we be gifting more experiences to each other? And it doesn't have to be, a, you know, look— this is extravagant for us. Going to the surf camp is a big deal. We had to to budget and and make things happen to make that happen. And and we're older, right? Um, but you know, I think it's worth it, Becky, just to save up and pool your resources and say, let's make this one amazing thing happen. Yeah, I I, I mean, for us again, that's we looked back and we said, you know. Um, there are so many things that over the, our entire marriage we have talked about doing that we have never made the time or the energy or had the financial resources to prioritize. Um, and life is short and it just, it seems like it's getting shorter and it seems like we get more and more examples of how precious that time and those memories are. I can't think of anything else in this house that I could hand someone that I would trade for laughter and love and memories with my husband or with my family. And so, um, it is hard to ask for material things or to prioritize material things when there are so many experiences and memories I want to make. 
Wow, I love that. Well, that's a great way to wrap up today's discussion. Viewfinders, we want to hear from you. What are your favorite gift ideas for coworkers, for your pets, for yourself, for your loved ones? You know, what are the things on your Christmas wish list and what do you wish for the entire world? Of course, we want peace and prosperity for all. But, you know, again, what do you want? New shoes? New scrubs? We want to hear from you. Yeah, I want to see the angel trees that you guys maybe have at your work. Are you buying um, presents for pets and shelters? Are you doing food drives? What are you guys doing in your clinics to give back? If you think your coworkers won't see it, I want to see what you're getting them. I want to see the cakes and the cookie trays. Um, show us how you're sharing your holiday season on our social media. You can find us on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Instagram, and on Twitter at Vet Viewfinder. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes this time of year. That's the gift that we really want because that's the gift that gives back to our community. So if you like this podcast and you want to support it, just go to iTunes, click on five stars, and that's all we ask this holiday season. On behalf of Becky and myself, we want to wish you and yours a lovely and peaceful holiday season. Bye. Bye. Okay, Becky, what are you getting me? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs>